like you're gonna have a people are gonna have opinions of you or they're gonna tell you what you should do but uh you got to go out and do it for yourself like your self-fulfillment um can't really do thing if you're doing something creative you can't do it for the money and you gotta really love that shit and keep working at it there's gonna be a lot of times where you don't get recognized and uh we're in a day day and age of uh social media where we get like immediate recognition back but just keep working. You're not, people aren't always going to show you love. Like you just got to keep working and like the work's going to, what you benefit from it is going to come to you. So yeah. And just, uh, just be a good fucking person. Quit being so shitty. We're so happy that you downloaded. Yo, 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 what's going on out there, world? How we doing and shit? Welcome to Steezy's Trap House. This is your boy, Steezy, and it is show motherfucking number 263. Whew, 263. Jesus, man, that is quite a few episodes. Quite a few episodes. We out here doing a damn thing, if you didn't know. It is Steezy. It is Steezy's Trap House. It is show number 263. It is a beautiful Thursday evening in Orlando, Florida. And I gotta say, I'm pretty hyped about this episode right now, because lately, as everybody who knows who listens to the podcast, because I tout it all the time, nonstop, I am a resident of the Milk District, I love my neighborhood, and lately there have been some recent additions, a couple more additions still coming, as I've seen, but one of my new favorite additions, I gotta say, is probably the hottest new taco spot. In my area, if not Orlando, we've got the homie Ryan, the owner of, would it be MX Taco? Uh, I say Mex Taco. Yeah, I think Mex Taco. When I say it in Spanish, I say MX Taco, which is MX Taco, but in English, it just flows. It does. It does. (laughs) Because a lot of people were correcting me on that, and they were saying, oh, no, dude, it's MX Taco. And I was like, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) What? Did Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, that was those people offended. Oh, we're mispronouncing God. it. Okay, so this <laughs> is this is uh, this is going to be a problem. I can tell. This is going to continue happening with these microphones. All right. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll work through it. Whatever. Anyways, please let these people know uh, where the restaurant is, how they can follow the restaurant, all the good information they need to know. Definitely. So it's uh, we're located as you said in the Milk District, uh, two o seven North Bumby Avenue. Uh, right on the corner of Bumby and Robinson near Hoods Up. Uh, you can get even closer to the microphone. And uh, yeah. also Sideward Breweries right across the street. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. So uh, follow us, Mex Taco Restaurant, um, on both of those. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You can subscribe to the show. Download for free, as always, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, any of those lovely services. We offer the podcast for free. As always, while you're there, give us a five-star review, a rating. That would be absolutely lovely. Also, follow us on our social medias, Twitter at Steezy Trap House, Instagram at STH Show. Like our Facebook page. Join the Facebook group. It is called STH Show as well. You can support the show by using our Amazon link, which you can find on our website, steezytraphouse.com. Anytime you use that Amazon link to buy something off of Amazon, doesn't cost you anything extra, and they kick us a little bit of money back from your purchase. So it's not that bad. It's a pretty win-win, man. I'm not going to lie. Pretty dope. So just go ahead and use that. Bookmark it in your browser. Find the Amazon link on our website under any of the podcast posts. Also, if you want to buy a T-shirt, you can on our Represent site, represent.com slash store slash STH show. Last but not least, had to take a little breath there, a little gulp, because I'm charging through these plugs. Last but not least, if you would like to email the show, give us a question, you know, whatever's on your mind, you want us to answer something, feel free to email that over, steezystraphouse at gmail.com. You can also record voice notes on your phone and email those over as well. I have still, I'm saying it again, I'm still waiting for this bounty on my head to be matched because I've been putting out this bounty for people to send in voice notes to talk shit on me 
and just completely tear me apart to keep me on my toes, you know, during the podcast because it's all improv, you know. So I want to be able to get these messages of people talking shit on me. I don't want to listen to them beforehand, and I'm just going to play them for me and my guest, whoever it is. So, you know, my guest can laugh at me and watch me as I try to finagle my way out of that situation. So I want somebody to shut me up. I want somebody to talk shit on me so bad that I just can't say anything. I've got nothing to come back with. So please send those over voice notes to steeziestraphouse at gmail.com. And if you would like any free stickers, I will send you a free sticker. If you email me, DM me, whatever, just send me your address. I will send you one. I just sent out a batch of stickers today. So everybody who is on the list for stickers should be getting yours in the mail very, very soon. <sighs> I am done with the plugs. <laughs> Whew. My dude, Ryan, how are you on this lovely Thursday evening? Doing well, doing well. I was going to yeah. say, you said you just came from a wine tasting, so you're probably doing better than myself. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're trying to sell me that wine and tacos go together. I'm more of a beer and tacos person, but uh, but I, I'm not opposed to tasting. I feel that. I feel that. I was going to say, like, I feel beer and tacos is usually the, the hand-in-hand choice there. Yeah, maybe some sangria, but uh, definitely beer. Potentially. Potentially sangria. Wine is just, like, not my... It's not, I, it's, I'm not talking shit on wine, but it's usually not my forte. It's usually not my go-to, yeah. you know? I'm a mixer. Like, uh, I start with beer, I s- switch to wine, I go to... Go to tequila, back Whoa. to wine, Whoa. and I wake up with the worst hangover. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> all right. As long as we're getting to that point, because like I was gonna say, if you're mixing like that and not getting a hangover, I don't understand oh, who no. you are. Definitely bad life choices. Superman, apparently over here. <laughs> all right, good, good. Because I was gonna say, as soon as you said I'm a mixer, I was just like, you do this, do this knowingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wake up the next day and I regret it. Every time. Fair enough. I understand. I understand. Where are you from originally? Um, a little bit of everywhere. Military brat, but uh, I call Washington D.C. home. Which branch? Um, uh, my dad was in the army. So, Aha, so, word. So, um, my dad was Navy. So awesome. Yeah, yeah. go, uh, go armed forces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, call everybody. We're a little bit home. Um, but I think my heart is definitely in Orlando. Obviously, word. I'm here. I feel that. I feel that. How many different places did you did you go to growing up? Um, if you can remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Like overseas, domestic. Let's just go with overseas. Cause yeah. Forget domestic. Yeah, the main one was uh, was Germany, and then uh, um, I'd say that we went Germany to Polar Extreme to to Manhattan, Kansas, like the Little Apple. <laughs> There's. I was gonna say I didn't realize that there was a Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, home of Kansas State University. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but um. But yeah, like uh, did that, and then then DC. DC is probably where I did most of my growing up. Gotcha. I think, so I feel like for some reason the culture in Manhattan was just ages beyond the culture in Germany. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I I think uh, you know you've got old school architecture dating back like couple hundred years versus a couple thousand yeah like that's you know. just, just old you know it's like. just, yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> can you speak any german because i cannot I, I not really no gotcha like, uh, i got the spanish i got some mayan going on but uh but definitely not german i was gonna say man i because i follow you guys on social media and i see all your posts and everything and i see all the throwback posts from when you were in mexico which we're gonna get to very soon uh but it definitely seems like myself as a full-blooded Boricua, <laughs> you probably speak way better Spanish than I do. I can guarantee that right now. <laughs> Mine's definitely Mexican Spanish, like purely Mexican words, like uh, like que onda way, like, <laughs> or um, or my favorite is because most of well, I I have uh, one Mexican employee, and then everybody else is from either Puerto Rico, Peru, or um, Venezuela. But Damn, all everyone the board. is speaking Mexican Spanish now. So when they come into work, it's like, que pedo? Uh. <laughs> que pedo, güero? You had a pretty good accent, too, man. <laughs> a little bit of practice. Bit I was going to say. I was going to say. <laughs> you got to sing the Spanish by yourself. Like, I, I won't do it in public. Okay. See, <laughs> I have to I have to really put my nose to the grindstone and start doing this because I've been lazy now for 28 years and haven't. <laughs> I can understand. Like, if anybody is talking around me and, you know, as long as they're not speaking too fast, then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand the conversation. I just have problems responding and replying back. Yeah. I get about 95% of Mexican Spanish conversations. The others, I'm probably about 80%. Um, just because the word usage, I mean, 
dialects like, and yeah i mean just use what i just said like que pedo in mexico means like what's up and everywhere else it means like what fart <laughs> <laughs> and uh, pedo pedo is like can be everything in mexico it's like estoy pedo is like i'm drunk um okay gotcha gotcha it, it's una buena peda is like it's a really good like hangout party with alcohol. Okay, so, word, word. <laughs> but you, but it's all about a fart. <laughs> have you ever been to Philadelphia? Uh, when I was younger, like I, I meant to go there when I was in D.C. Uh, before I moved down here, but uh, but yeah, when I was little, I did the duck tour and the gotcha. river and all that stuff. The only reason I'm asking, I haven't been. The only reason I'm asking is because I know in Philly they have this culture around this word as well that's kind of along the same lines as that, and it's John. Spelled J A W N, but it's the same thing. Like a John can be anything. It's just literally anything. Like it, it can be applied to anything. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> it could be an adjective. It could be a noun. It could be a verb. It could be everything. I mean, they they have like a weird word for sandwiches too. I, I think they grinder. Grinder. Yeah, yeah. I, grinder I makes no sense yeah. to me <laughs> at all. Yeah, <laughs> and and I've always wanted to go when when I was in high school, um, my senior year in virginia it's a big thing for people to call out sick and then um like on your senior year and then you road trip to philly for a philly cheesesteak and then you get back before the end of the school day so your parents technically don't know that you skipped school i mean you look uh. back they all knew probably um but i i did not make the trip i think i was traveling for sports or something so what sports were you into as a kid um i was a swimmer so i swam and then uh cross country and track or my other ones. Oh, you got the lungs, so, son. Yeah, yeah. But um, so, so leg day at the gym is, is like my my day. But whereas everybody else is like, let me lift these weights. I feel that. And I'm like, I, I, get, I get nervous around those weights. As I'm a like, skateboarder <laughs> and a soccer player growing up, I'm right there with you. Leg day is, is all for me, baby. Yeah. yeah, my senior year in high school, I was actually the girls' soccer team manager. So, And then we won states. So they had to figure out how are we bringing this one dude <laughs> with us to the hotels to the hotel. in Southern Virginia? <laughs> like uh, it, it probably turned into a he- logistical headache for the school, and they're like, "Why do we have to have some stupid manager here?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, though, man. Uh, yeah, they're like, "Do you want a ring?" And I was like, "Not really. It's not my sport. I just did it for fun." <laughs> dude, you didn't get the. I would have taken the ring. The I girl been, soccer team <laughs> state champs. I would have been fully greedy about that one. I'd been like, "Yeah, I was kind of on the team." Yeah. Still got this. I ran for the balls on the side. <laughs> and then I was like holding the clipboard of the coach. Yeah. And I was like, you guys need a water bottle? I got you. I got, I'm got. i doing all this work out here, guys. Anything you need, I got you. So how about uh, how was your Virginia lifestyle besides uh, high school and in, uh, in the track and field and the cross country and whatnot? It's cool because it's like D.C. So Virginia is different than Florida and like um, – May, well, no, actually, it's a lot the same as Florida. Like we're we're such a regional state. Like if you're from if you're from like Tallahassee, you've got that mindset of like North Florida, but Central Florida, we're all like we're not from here, but we're from here. Yep. Um, I'm from North Florida, so <laughs> yeah. And then uh, South Florida is everybody just from from up north. Yes. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing in Virginia. Like when you look at at that market, you've got people that are like. Um, you've got Nova, Northern Virginia, and then you've got the rest of the state. So the rest of the state all has these Southern accents and everything. And we're all like, we're Washington, DC. And, and that's very typical. Like, where are you from? I'm from Washington, DC. What part of DC? 99% of the time, it's either Maryland or Virginia. Like <laughs> very rare. You're like, you actually meet somebody. They're like, yeah, I'm from like 22nd street and Northwest. It's like, you actually live in DC and have a DC driver's license. What? Like they're like, well, I don't actually drive, so I don't have a license. Yeah. But yeah, like few I, and I far between. <laughs> yeah. But so um, so it's a cool environment because it's such a diverse community and stuff. So you you really start to see like differences of food, differences of cultures, and everything. And then um, you know, you get these politicians that come along and they're like, they're like trying to run against like big government, and everybody's like, yeah, no big government. And then you start looking around. Everybody works for the government there, so that guy never wins, actually, because That's it's like, you're going to cut my job. I was <laughs> just talking to somebody else in here an episode or two ago that he's from D.C. also, and he was telling me that same thing. Like He was like, he had to get out of D.C. because he felt like he 
even though he could get hooked up with a great government job there because he's saying that's what the rest of his family was doing as well. He's just like, man, I just can't do that. He's like, literally all these people that are growing up there, you know, they just get the government job and they just sit there for years and years and they never leave. Yeah. He's like, I couldn't do that. That's true. And, and you're and in DC. You're asked, uh, um, it's not, how are you? What's your name? It's uh, what do you do? And it's like, uh, like I, I started messing with people. I was like, I'm a subway artist. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like you do art? Like that's so creative. And I was like, I was like, no, I work at Subway and I make sandwiches. Yep. The and they're like, they're like, uh, I'm done with you now. <laughs> you <laughs> who brought this guy along? Because <laughs> it's all about like who's building who, like what, who do you know, and everything. And you know, I'll name drop right now. I, I was a personal chef and the House of Representatives. I cooked for all these people and stuff, and Oof, um, all okay. the congressmen and everything back in the day. So I got to meet some different like people. Nancy Pelosi. She, she had, well, I don't want to say that on there. She had a lot of makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, she was caked on. It's no no big deal. <laughs> nice lady though. Like, uh, but so so I. She's got to look good <laughs> for the TV cameras. You it, know? Well, and what you know, actually, after that, I started seeing more and more politicians, and they'd all have this makeup caked on, and it was the ones that liked to be in front of the TV. They'd yep. wear makeup all day because. Um, you never then, know. Yeah, they'd turn around and be like, "Well, like." Like she must be tired. She should retire. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you know. What happens? So she's got so. bags under her eyes. She yeah. needs to go to sleep. Probably she's, she's probably, not fit to run this. Yeah, probably we all should be wearing makeup too, just to like, wow, everybody looks great. It wouldn't be like, terrible. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed <laughs> to putting makeup on every day if someone would do it for me. You know. <laughs> Yeah, like, and wash it off. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, if somebody else does all the work for me and it doesn't hinder what I'm doing in my life, like, yeah. if I could just have somebody that hovers, like a tiny person that hovers around my face and puts <laughs> makeup on. Like, like that, refreshes you at noon. Yes, <laughs> yes. They just orbit around my head, so I don't even have to touch them at all. They really don't have to touch me, and I can just continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah. That wouldn't be, wouldn't yeah. be too bad. Makes you look 10 years younger. You're like, I, I'm I saying, got this. I'm saying, man, I'm saying. Like, um... When, when I was in Mexico, I went to the, this Day of the Dead party, and so we all do, um, everybody puts on the panda face. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they call it in Mexico, panda face, because you kind of look like your skeleton face, but really you look like a panda. Gotcha. Um, and so it was cool until like your skin starts to stretch as the day wears on. And obviously you're not, you're not painting your face and putting a panda on your face and not drinking and partying. Yes. Like it's... It's, it's one in one <laughs> kind of situation. So you get to the end of the night, you're drunk, and you're like, "Oh my god, I have to get this panda stuff off my face. Otherwise, like, like how am I gonna sleep?" And so you just start scraping and scraping, and like I destroyed a bathroom towel at in Guadalajara in this airport, oh. or I mean in the hotel. Sorry, not airport. And uh, like I was looking at it the next day, and I was like, "Ooh, like <laughs> this is the U.S. They would be finding me for my towel destruction." But here they're probably just like, oh, another, another day of the dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't think I've had pain on my face for that long. What do you mean by like skin stretching? Like it, it just dries out, and then it like just starts pulling on your skin and stuff. So it's oh, like, oh, I like, got gotcha. uh, you. You know, because you'll have it on. You're, you're not painting your face until you've decided. Wow, I'm drunk enough that that sounds like a great idea. Yes, and then then you do it, and so like. Sounds you, like any time start, I paint my face regularly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you started drinking at noon. Um, it's 4 o'clock. You're getting your face painted because it's a great idea. And then you get back to like the hotel or your house at like 2 in the morning, and you're like, okay, I need this off. Good God. And by 2, actually, I, looking back, I actually probably mean like 4 or 5 because their say, bars don't close early like good ours. God. <laughs> I was about to say that's 14 hours of drinking, and then that just got up to 16 hours of drinking. Yeah, Mexico is about pacing yourself. And actually, not many Mexicans actually do a lot of tequila shots and things like that. That's a very American thing. Okay, word. So. That makes sense to me, I feel like. Yeah. Honestly, myself personally, not big on tequila. I got a secret bo- barrel aging, so you'll have to taste it. Ooh, I mean, I will definitely try <laughs> some. That is for sure. I just cannot I cannot go the whole night doing tequila. Yeah. I, I can't do it. It's the end of me... Every single time. I am the stereotypical statement, the one tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor. <laughs> that is me every fucking time, man. Yeah. No, you, you get, definitely got to savor it. It's got to be the right tequila. Should never come in a plastic bottle. Like, no. uh, like, I'm beyond that stage in my life. Like, 
you kind of feel rich when you go into a bar now. Like I was at iBar last night with some friends and it sounds like I drank too much. <laughs> um, oh, so trust I- <laughs> me, all I do is talk about my drinking on this show, so don't feel too bad. So I was at iBar and I was like, I'll take a Tito's vodka with, or Tito's soda with lime. And I'll, I'm surrounded by all these kids, like probably 10 years younger than me. And they're all like, vodka soda, please. And I'm like, oh. Different stages in life. I need that name brand. (laughs) Dude, I know that so well, man. So well. The other, I really only drink like, uh, I I mainly only drink whiskey and Jameson is my go-to, but I like to drink like nicer scotches and things like that. And this friend of mine came over this past week and we were doing a little pregame before we went downtown to uh, this bar called the Robinson Room, which if you haven't checked out, by the way. I have not. Check that place out, man. That place is fire. Nice. It's a little pricey because, you know, it's like a cocktail, you know, nice craft cocktail bar. But very nice vibe. Very nice uh, layout in there. Good good drinks, too. But uh, we were going to go there, and we were having, you know, some drinks. I was drinking some scotch before she came over. It's really all I had to drink, honestly. And she comes over, and I was like, yeah, you know, I can, like, go grab some beer if you want or whatever. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I'll just have some of the scotch. She's like, can we do some shots? And I was like. No, we can't do we can't do <laughs> shots of a hundred and thirty dollar bottle of alcohol. I'm, I'm not going to give you a shot. Needless to say, I gave her a shot, and uh, she puked on my front yard right after that. So. <laughs> yeah, so those differences in age that you <laughs> that you realize you're just like, oh boy. Yeah. Actually, as as we were closing out the night, I was like, let's get some pizza. So so we walked right around the corner to what's it called, Pizza Planet? Yes. Like um. You know, shameless plug for them. Yeah, right. Um, always delicious between the hours of 2 a.m. and 4. Yeah, damn um, right. <laughs> damn right. So this this girl's like sitting outside like on the on the ground and all of a sudden her purse just explodes everywhere. And like makeup and money and her IDs, everything goes flying. And her friends are just looking at her like, we don't know you. <laughs> and um, so I start helping her pick everything up. And she's like, just leave it. Just leave it. It's no big deal. Just leave it. And like she has no interest in picking up her driver's license or her house keys and her money and any of that. So I I like tell her I'm like I'm like open your purse like let's put all this inside your purse. And then she's like she's like thanks. And I'm like I'm like let's close your purse too. <laughs> like zip it shut, zip it shut. And then I walk away. And two seconds later she like throws up. And I'm like thank God Jesus, I wasn't man. next to her when she threw up. But at least her stuff is in her purse. So tomorrow when she gets home and or wakes up and she's covered in throw up, at least she can be like. My my driver's license is still still around intact. Yeah. So I was like, what a great person I am. Yeah, man, you killed like, it. Uh, but generally, I'm not that great a person. I was gonna. Say- <laughs> I, I've been in situations like that, so it's like you kind of personify yourself, and the friends are just like, we don't know her. And I was like, you know, she's gonna end up in a drunk tank if you don't take her home. Yep. And and they're like, yeah, she threw up on herself. We don't care. I don't. I want to keep my five star Uber rating. Well, see, that's that's <laughs> what happened with me and this girl this past week. I had to I had to be that person because at this point we go out and now she's already before the night even starts. She's already just tanked, trash. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh great. So now I get to I get to drink lightly. And basically watch this person and make sure she doesn't die or go to jail. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of bummed that that story didn't end the way I I wanted it to, because I was expecting the puke at some point, but not before the purse was zipped back. So I was hoping like she just puked right in the purse all over her stuff. I was just so thankful because I didn't even have my pizza yet. So I was like, thank God she didn't throw up on me because. If I got my pizza and had throw up on me, I would that be would like, I'm done. Yep, no more. No more pizza planet. No mas. No mas. <laughs> so whenever you left D.C., Virginia area, where'd you go from there after you graduated? Um, so then I did a um, like a culinary apprenticeship program with uh, Colonial Williamsburg in Southern Virginia. So it's like this almost like a miniature Disney world where they've got character dining where you get to dine with Thomas Jefferson and then... Then they've got like their high end resorts and their value hotels and all the all this whole spectrum just like you'd have have for for um for Disney. Mm. Uh, so I did this three year program, really intense in the kitchen. What pushed them, you to, um, to get into food? Were you were you into to food heavily before that or? Um yeah, I kind of was. I worked in some restaurants and it just kind of became my passion. And uh, I actually went to business school for like a quarter and. Um, it was like what fifteen thousand dollars a quarter or something, yeah! and uh, you know, typical university waste of money type of thing. 
And um, that one hurt in my heart <laughs> to hear. Jesus. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, this is really cool. I can work in the the cafeteria of the of the school and do catering and stuff like with their banquet department. My parents were like, if that's what you want to do, just come home. Like we're <laughs> we're done. Like you don't need to be doing that anymore. So um, so I went home. That's when I went and did that appren- the apprenticeship program. So kind of old school. European style training program, which is cool to have that hands-on thing. They paid for all the expenses and everything, which looking forward, that actually set me up to be able to go to Mexico because otherwise I was looking at Culinary Institute of America, went up there. It was like May, there was snow on the ground. And I was just like, I was like, no, this is not for me. Uh -uh. And uh, looking back now, I'm like, oh, thank God I didn't do that. Uh -uh. $100,000 in debt as if you went to like medical school. Uh, but then you can actually get like an eight dollar an hour job after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the two (laughs) don't really stack up there. Yeah, definitely not. So like, um, so I did that. Then I then I came down to Disney, did some internships with them, and then that's what kind of got me hooked on Orlando. Then after that, I like came down full time once I was fully graduated, and um, did like a sous chef management program, doing weddings at the Grand Floridian. Like you want, like okay. back in the day, not that that was that many days ago, but I mean, it was like three thousand five hundred dollars if you wanted to dance with Mickey and Minnie at your wedding. Like, whoa, dude! Now they were dressed up in their their bride and groom outfit too. So Full I mean, regalia. like you know, like the fact that Minnie has to put that on—that's why it's expensive. Or it's super special. You want to ride in Cinderella's carriage? I can't remember how much that cost, but it took you like two blocks, and I'm sure that was what five ten thousand dollars or something for that. So. So I did that and then went to Flying Fish at the boardwalk um, and did, you know, the high-end food there. And then after that, I got, like, recruited to go to open uh, Ritz-Carlton, um, their new restaurant in, here in Orlando, uh, which is, like, Southern-inspired because of my background having trained in a Southern hotel. Damn, dude, you've been so, all over the place. So Yeah, like, popping hand? around a little bit. Like, you know, when you decide, like, from a young age, you're like, this is what I want to do. Um your parents tell you like don't do that don't do that don't do that and finally my parents are like oh it's actually kind of working out for you so we're we're supportive now now like it's cool that uh you know we get free disney i think that's about the time that they were like this is we accept it gotcha like uh, we'll, we'll allow it you know yeah <laughs> so um you know did that and then that's when i moved to mexico and like just fell in love with mexico um towards the end i was like getting ready to come back from mexico and i was applying for two jobs same job banquet chef uh, for Ritz Carlton in DC and Ritz Carlton in San Francisco Bay Area, mm. and um, the chef at the one in the Bay Area, real intense, like but really well respected chef in the company. Um, whereas DC was closer to home, so I was like, you know, if I go to DC, I'm going to open Mex Taco. If I go to California, then I'm not going to have any money left over at the end of my paycheck um, because of the cost of California. So then I'm going to totally work for Ritz-Carlton the rest of my career. Yeah. And um, so that was my deciding factor. When I got DC, I was like, okay, let's go full steam. And I started like working on the concept, developed the whole menu while I was still in Mexico, went and did photo shoots of the, of the food. I kind of did it all backwards. Like you like develop the menu, like do a photo shoot. And then, then I spent the next two years like developing, like what are the recipes going to be to make this food actually happen? <laughs> so... <laughs> So that was that was cool, but it gave me the opportunity to relocate all the equipment and stuff for the restaurant back from Mexico, and have uh, a big corporation. I'm not going to say their name, but I already kind of did yeah. uh, pay for it all. Um, and then you know, fast forward two years, and here I am. That's crazy, man. So. <laughs> How did you enjoy your entire Mexico experience? Um, totally different than living in the states. Like at first, so I kind of got pushed off the ledge a little bit when I was. Um, I didn't get the job that I wanted at the Ritz Carlton here in Orlando. And so, um, so I was like, well, screw it. I'm going to go apply for jobs elsewhere in the company. And that's when Mexico popped up and I always liked the culture. I I traveled there. I have a lot of friends there. Mm. Um, so I applied for this job there just off a whim and, um, and like they ended up offering me the position I set it up so I would actually move in with one of my friends that was Mexican that was from there. Um, not realizing it was like the equivalent of living in Tampa and working in Orlando and you'd have to drive back and forth every day. Ooh, um, buddy. But it was enough to kind of push me, like 
get me to say, okay, like this is doable. It's not totally scary to move to another country and just like figure it out. Just wing it. Yeah. Um, then I found out what I was going to make a year and that's when I got nervous because I went from making now that I don't make any of these pay wages anymore. I don't mind saying them. I think I went from making like 48 or 50 a year, um, here in Orlando to making like $17,000 a year oh in Mexico with a promotion. Like you're <laughs> like, you're a chef de cuisine. Now here's your $17,000. Now, when you put that in comparison of economies and everything, it's, it's like actually like, I, I actually feel like I was making like a pretty decent equivalent to like probably a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in orlando because i had a maid i had valley laundry i lived oceanfront and it's like who has that opportunity you you pay eight dollars for a fresh squeezed orange juice here at whole foods and there you pay like 20 cents exactly so i went to i went to nicaragua two years ago and i had that all of those realizations as well like you know like the the airbnb that i stayed in had a maid with a little like they had their own house like it was a family living right there on the on our property as well. It's on top of a mountain overlooking this entire private beach with an infinity pool, all this shit. And there was six of us that stayed in there for a week. And I think between all six of us split up, it came out to like $125 a person for seven days to stay in this almost like mansion. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> wow. But like going through that as well though, you realize like, oh, this is very cool, I suppose, for people who actually have money. But then you realize the other side of the coin where it's just like, okay, basically 90% of the people that are here are living in poverty like, yeah. in tin shacks, tin huts. Yeah, and, and it's very similar in, in Mexico that like the income is not – and Cancun's one of the highest paid areas. When you go to Cancun, Guadalajara, Monterrey, Mexico City, very high paid in mm-hmm. areas. But if you get into some of these other places, like we – we went and helped out in like a small town, like about four hours west of Cancun. And this lady invited us into her house. She fed us like almost like um, like literally she was putting all she had out on the table to serve us. And who knows, maybe maybe wasn't even able to feed herself after she yeah. served us. But um, like she was so proud to invite us into her house. She kept it so clean and everything. But I mean, it was like three walls. Like one side was completely open. Um the uh the kitchen was like a kamal which is like a clay um flat top Mm -hmm. and like open flames underneath that and then she had uh like one light bulb in the middle of the room and one refrigerator and that was the extent of the electricity there in in the yucatan people actually still sleep on hammocks because they don't have air conditioning and it's 100 plus degrees every day so um like the the hammock actually keeps you cool for you people at so. home that are listening <laughs> life is real out there yeah some, some people don't have ac well and actually it was c- kind of crazy one of my shocking moments because when, when you're an expat you you appreciate thir- certain things about the u.s and then you appreciate certain things about the country you're living in and um one of my big shocking moments was when i flew back to dc to visit family and i had to update something with the consulate uh for mexico and dc and I was walking down the street and this guy's like middle age, probably, probably 35, 40, like something like that. And he's, he's standing outside, like collecting signatures to rename the Washington Redskins because he found the name offensive, which all politics and all, you know, that situation aside in the United States, you have the ability to take time to worry about the name of a sports team. Like we have it pretty good in this country. Like yeah. our our poorest people are actually richer than people in other countries, and it takes you going to another country to really realize that and embrace like. And Mexico's actually not a bad economy at all compared to other countries. I've been in Colombia as well. Colombia's economy is pretty decent, not as good as Mexico though. Mm-hmm. But I'm um, I couldn't even imagine what life is like right now in Venezuela, for example. Oh, like uh, exactly, man. So I mean. You know, anything we complain about, like, oh, I'm having a rough day. It's like nothing is that rough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really not. Really not. That's, that's got to be crazy, man. Like, uh, it's it's got to be this humbling, eye-opening experience. Because, I mean, like I was saying, I went to Nicaragua two years ago, but I was only there for 10 days. I wasn't living there and actually experiencing, you know, beyond two weeks of being in a different country, you know. Yeah. And a lot of it's stuff you just have to, like – embrace and adapt to as you go like uh um 
I finally decided to get a driver's license actually towards the end of my time living in Mexico. And um, so I was researching how, how you go about doing this. And I went online and, um, you know, saw that you got to go get a blood test because they want to know your blood type, which actually I think we should have that on our driver's licenses here because it's basically if you're in a uh, emergency situation and they they need to know what blood you need yeah yeah so it actually makes a lot of sense because i didn't actually know my blood type I before that know either my blood type. i can tell you that right now yeah. <laughs> so um so at first i was thinking what, what do they want that for but uh but that makes sense but so i was going through it and looking at a lot of the process and and um it like i got all my ducks in a row and i was like ready to go get my get my license so i i go down to what's called the transito which is basically the dmv mm-hmm. um and there's this police officer standing out front and he's like ¿Qué necesitas aquí, güero? like what do you need here white boy and i was like uh i'm here to get a driver's license and he's like oh you need to go to this other office like where you can get your license back because it got taken away by a corrupt cop and i was like no no i live here i, I want to get like a mexican driver's license and i showed him my mexican id and everything and he's like, oh, okay, well, you need to go to this office on the other side of the town to have this exam and this one and this. And I was like, where is that? And all this in Spanish. And he's like, it's over here, over here, and over here. And I was like, I don't know where that's at. He's like, it's by this, this, and this. And I was like, I still don't know. And he's like, he's like, okay, güero. Like, uh, I always got called güero. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I'm sure you heard that a lot. <laughs> so um, he's like, güero, you have 450 pesos for, for the license? And I was like, yes. He's like, you have 500 pesos? $25 is the equivalent at that time mm-hmm. um, for me. And I was like, yeah, sure. Two minutes later, I got my driver's license. <laughs> like, uh, you know, and, and you go through the whole line and the process and everything. And there's people standing there like, and they're like, what's this widow doing? How is he cutting me in line? <laughs> and like, like that was a girl and she was asking her boyfriend. And he's like, he paid. And it's like, she's like, oh, okay. Oh, never mind. Like, uh. You know, but it, like it's totally normal. Like there, you just pay for a service, and you know it's just what you can pay for. And um, and like whether it's somebody cleaning your house or a situation where you're just buying off, like uh, a driver's license. And that's why actually in Mexico they don't accept driver's licenses for almost anything, like uh, because it it can be bought. Everybody buys them. So it's easily, just yeah. a scam, like kind of thing. Um, so then the guy, uh, I get the license. I go on my way. And then I move back to the States and I go to the DMV to get my, my updated driver's license in Virginia. And they're like, you need these papers. And I was like, oh I was like, I got $25. <laughs> I didn't actually say that. I was just thinking it in my head. And Doesn't I was just thinking, you know, I miss Mexico. <laughs> I, I miss that. Like, uh, um, but I mean, there's things you miss about the States too. Like, uh, um, so people would always ask me, they're like, what do you miss about the U S and I'm like clean public bathrooms. Like <laughs> that's a good one right there, man. It's definitely a good one. My Mexican stuff. What do what or what else did I miss about the states? Was Slim Jims. Uh, you st- when you live overseas, you kind of you miss something when you realize you can't have it. Like so, no like matter one how day, terrible it is. Yeah, one day I was like looking for a Slim Jim, and and I was like, they gotta have Slim Jims in Mexico. Like, I mean, it's just right up Mexico's alley. It's a spicy meat stick like kind of thing. Like, great with the beer. Like, yep. you put hot sauce on it. Like super mexican doesn't exist there <laughs> and uh so i was like okay like i guess that's that and so then same thing like butterfingers reese's peanut butter cups one day See, so there, I'm, like, I'm right there i'm yeah. right there with you there <laughs> so i was like savoring these butterfingers i had brought fr- fr- by my parents from from the states and then one day i saw butterfingers on a shelf and i was like i don't need them anymore they're here like not important they're dead to me now yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on the reverse, like I mentioned, like fresh squeezed orange juice, like we have no such thing as fresh squeezed orange juice, not even really here in the state of Florida. And it's kind of sad. It is like, kind of sad, isn't it? People like, don't even realize that, though. Yeah. I mean, like, like every glass of orange juice should taste different. And like we're so driven that it like needs to all taste the same that you end up with this high fructose corn syrup based orange juice with food coloring or whatever it is. Yep. So. I mean, I'm probably going to get sued by Tropicana for saying that, but... Eh. <laughs> eh. You're not saying anything that I probably haven't said on this podcast before, honestly. That's like a thing that a lot of people don't realize is that those specific juices, too, those ones with you know, the high fructose, corn syrup in them and everything, they, just re- they think that they're being healthy by drinking this juice and you're being anything but, honestly. Yeah. Actually, like um, when my parents came to visit, my mom drinks orange juice every day. 
And um, so we we were driving from Cancun to Merida, and um, we stopped at this Seven Eleven on the way, and um, like looked through the refrigerators, like there's no orange juice here, like what's going on? So we left Seven Eleven, we went up the street like to um, Oxo, which is like a Mexican Seven Eleven. Mm-hmm. Same thing, looked nothing like, and it just came down to exactly that. Why would a Mexican buy like Nestle brand orange juice from the refrigerator? When you can get it fresh from the street, like uh, no point. <laughs> so it just doesn't exist. <laughs> Zero point for that. So. so when you were developing the recipes and everything there, how did you go about that process? Um. So when I was in Mexico, I just kind of pulled together some of my favorite dishes from around the country. Um. Worked with my sous chef at the time, who um has been kind of consulting with me. Uh, and we we get along really well. Um. To like figure out, okay, what represents the country and the way we want to represent the country. Um, not everything from the northern states of Mexico, which is what you see when you go to most restaurants. Um, we wanted to do stuff that like, like for example, we have three tacos from the Yucatan that all date back anywhere from 300 to 600 years. Um, and and it's just like, how do you represent that the right way? So, so we created the menu. Maybe it all didn't taste right, but when you take a picture, it doesn't need to taste right in a picture. Um, but it actually probably did taste right because we were buying like the paste that you would use already done there versus like here, it doesn't exist. So you gotta gotcha. make it. Um, so we did all that Moved back. I moved back to the States and then I'm like, okay, how do I recreate this here? So I started like, okay, I'm going to get tortillas from a tortilla. Um, but then I go to all of them and they're like, yeah, we use Maseca, which is like instant mashed potatoes, tortillas, just add water. You get a tortilla. Now I'm going to get sued by Maseca. Um, <laughs> But uh, you, all the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so um, you you look at it and um, and that's really what it is. Like you just add water, you got a tortilla. You just add water, you got mashed potatoes. And are they the best mashed potatoes you've ever had? No. So it's the same thing with the tortilla. Um, in Mexico, it's called nixtamal. Is when you grind fresh corn down to make the real tortilla. Yes. So um, so it took me a while. I finally found the tortilla that actually grinds the fresh corn, uh, so that I have that for the restaurant. Then, um, but then you're going through these steps like, okay, let me buy the lard. I'm going to make my own manteca, which is the pork fat for the carnitas. And then one day it hit me. I was like, no, like I need to just find a Mexican butcher like I would do in Mexico and buy the fat from him where he's already built the flavor. And then I just tweak it to my own personal recipe, like Mexican families tweak it to their family recipe. So I did that. And so is this evolution of three years, like. Uh, I got to buy the bitter orange juice in the bottle because it doesn't exist. Oh, it actually does. It's called Seville Orange in the U.S. versus Naranja Agria, bitter orange in Mexico. And um, so once I figured all, all that stuff out, um, then I was ready to roll. So basically it's a process of like how do I cut cut the the limes so that my staff knows how I want the limes cut. And, um, you know, I kind of over-detailed it because it took so long to – worked my contract out with Ritz Carlton and then also, uh, um, start finding a location. I started searching for a location in Orlando in February of last year and we just opened in January. So it, it, we, I signed the lease in, in November and I I was kind of watching this property. I was like, I was like, I don't think the people in it are doing that well. So let me watch it and see when it comes up, came up in June. Um, I lost it in a bid to somebody else. They, they were out of business by October. So, I got it by November. I so. remember that business, yeah. <laughs> so That's like the thing that people that haven't helped open a business or open their own business, especially a restaurant, they don't understand the red tape that you have to go past to get anything done, man. Yeah. Oh, it, it's intense. Like, and I mean, in June, like, that's when I hit a wall where I was just like, like, you know, I was pretty high strong living in the States before I moved to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Mexico kind of chilled me out, which is kind of what I love about the country as well. Um, so... So, like, when I lost the place, my first reaction before would have been, like, getting all upset and freaking out. And I probably got a little bit upset, but but I was just like, I'm going to book a plane ticket to Guadalajara and go drinking <laughs> tequila. Hey, I feel <laughs> And that. so, like, you know, that's what I did. Like, I booked one. I went in August. Like, I went back to work, did my usual thing with Ritz-Carlton, and um, and just kept kept planning and kept looking at at the, the commercial real estate websites, had my realtors looking, and... Mm. And then I got the call one day from the landlord. He's like, hey, these people are not working out. Like, uh, you think you 
you want the space? And I was like, yes, yes, sign me up, whatever I need to do. Definitely. Probably did too much to get the space versus like just waiting for it. But but right now the market's competitive for places like that. And, and with the Milk District growing, I actually think I've got in at a good spot, good time. And yeah, I think like, you did uh, too, man. <laughs> definitely. So, uh, um, so that was cool. Like, uh, But when I was with Ritz in D.C., um, they, it's kind of a weird system with Ritz-Carlton. They, they, it makes total sense, but it doesn't all at the same time. As the banquet chef, you're in charge of the vast majority of the food and beverage revenue of a hotel. Um, and at the same time, they're like, why don't you oversee the employee cafeteria too? Which is the most horrible guest you could ever imagine because no employee of any place is ever happy with anything, even when the meal is free. Yep. So, oh, yeah. I know that one. So, um, so I was overseeing that, but I was like, I was like, you know what? Well, I think the people in the cafeteria want to try the the braised beef with the Pak today, and I think tomorrow they want to try the carnitas taco, and I think the next day they want to try the cochinita taco. Yeah. And so I was able to develop my recipes over the course of two years um, by just funneling all this food into into the cafeteria. Very smart. And I was like, this didn't work out so well, but I mean, I'll just tweak it two weeks from now when I put it back on the menu again. Very well, burger smart. day tomorrow, nobody will notice, and exactly. then we'll switch yeah. back to back to taco day again. Yeah, you throw and, you throw <laughs> the little you know the little things to keep them appeased, and then you're like, all right, back to it now. Yeah, so so I tested everything like over and over and over again, um, and got them down to the down to the science, like weight measurement and everything out, um, and that's me kind of geeking out a little bit on food, but uh, but it also prevented me from having my guests have to be the test subject. So now. You know, you come in and it actually taste the way it should. So I was gonna say, man, because I mean, from the first time I've been going to Mex Taco, because for me it's already dangerous, because it's a five minute walk for me to get there. <laughs> so super. Da- I think the first week that I discovered you guys were in soft opening, I think the first week I discovered that I probably went about three or four times <laughs> in one week. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> even exaggerating. I'm just like, it's just so simple. It's right there. <laughs> it's so good. So I walk in and. The way everything is set up in there, you know, with the the visuals of of Mexico on the TV, the way that you've got the menu set up with all of the the different tacos pointing to the locations in the country, like that is like super smart, man. I, I have to throw that out to you. I tip my hat to you there. A lot of a lot of those things, uh, um, it might sound kind of weird, but uh, those are like shower moments. You're like like you're standing in the shower and you're like, what if I make it a map? Like, uh, or when I was designing the logo, the girl that designed the logo, really cool girl, like, like she kind of execute, she executed everything as I wanted her to execute it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just describe what I wanted. And so at first I was like, I was having her describe or design a logo for my restaurant in the Ritz Carlton because I was like, this old logo doesn't make any sense. It's out of date. So, um, so the restaurant was called the culinary center. It's like a 12 seat chef table. And I wanted to showcase like corn um, because Mexico's like the heart and soul of Mexican cuisine is, is corn. And um, so I was like, yeah, you know, just have like a stock of corn and then like somehow incorporate the culinary center name into it. And so she draws this stock of corn and um, then she has these like two C's um, towards the bottom of the stock of corn. And like she shows me the logo. She's like, what do you think? And I was like, hey, I don't. I mean, I'm just letting you all visually create this logo in your head, um, but it's uh, it's what you can imagine it was shaped like. Um, and so that was the moment I realized I was like, okay, I need to direct her on what I want for like when I do Max Taco. Um, so I was like, I want an M and an X all in one with like the like the eagle from Mexico mm. um, as part of the logo. So uh, so that was like one of those things like. One of the other big moments that kind of hit me, like shower moments, is like I'm getting ready for work uh, about probably a year ago. And I was like, when people order the ice cream, they're going to have to get back in line to order it or have it melt next to them. I was like, I need little coupons. And so those are the little things I thought through over the last couple of years. It's like um, I was in Mexico in August and I was like, I was like, you know, everywhere in this country are emergency evacuation signs and like earthquake signs and fire signs and. I was like, I, w- I want those in the restaurant because that's such a staple of what Mexico is. So I wanted to kind of showcase like what modern Mexico looks like versus like you go into a place and there's nothing wrong with 
mariachi bands and yeah, sombreros definitely. and I mean, when I walked in, just from the taste of the tacos and the look of everything around me, everything just feels authentic. That's the only way I can think to describe it. I mean, the tacos taste authentic as hell. That is for sure. That's what got me originally. And then just looking at everything else, I was just like, man, like this is really well thought out. Honestly, it really is. That's what's kind of cool when I get a Mexican that comes in because they... uh don't, mar- don't mind me, people. Sorry, you can keep talking. There's somebody <laughs> at my door, apparently, that I have to let in this house. Continue. So um, when I was uh, basically opening up uh, or planning the restaurant and everything, I, I knew my target audience wasn't necessarily Mexicans because Mexicans think a lot like I do, um, where it's like I could get a whole meal for, for $3 in Mexico. So like, why am I going to pay $3 for a taco at Mex Taco? So... Um, but I did want to have those little components to showcase to a Mexican, like, like that I'm, I'm in touch with what's going on with the culture and everything. So, but it's funny. One of the things I hadn't really thought about, I kind of should have was, uh, when I get a Mexican guest that walks in and they're like, all of a sudden, like, um, you see this look on their face, like, okay, this is not an authentic Mexican place. Uh Like, who is this Wero? Like, Uh who is this white guy behind the counter? And they walk up to you and like, some of them will test you with Spanish. And I'm like, I can jump right into that. And I'm like, sure, yeah, let's let's do it. Um, but others will be like, I'll take one carnitas taco. And then they take the taco, they go back to their to their seat, just like imagine a squirrel getting like, you know, the nut that is once and then like running off to the corner. And like, let me let me judge this guy in this corner over here. They eat the taco and then um and this happens a lot, like uh they eat it and then they're like they come back up and they're like I'll take seven carnitas tacos <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I'm like okay and so like I used to just laugh about it inside and now I kind of call them out I'm like I'm like you didn't trust the widow for the tacos oh, did you shit. and they're like they're like no not really <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna lie I have to lump myself into this category because when I first went I think the first couple times I didn't see you there I saw just the employees working. So I was assuming, like, these are obviously the owners of this place. And then I see you, I think the third or fourth time I came in, and you're directing traffic, you know, doing the whole thing. And I introduced myself, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I own the place. I was like, whoa, there's <laughs> whoa, there's something going on here I did not know about. But I was very pleasantly surprised because, like I've already said, I mean, there's obviously been so much time taken into every thought put into it, you know? Like, everything has been thought out so well. I, I got to say, dude, like, really hats off to you. Thank you, thank you. We're working on number two concept right now. So Ooh. so there is a Easter, I think somebody called it an Easter egg um, inside the restaurant. Uh, so if you swing by, you got to check it out. Um, it's sitting on top of one of our coolers. Oh, buddy. Um, up front. It's called, uh, it's, a, it's a barrel. And there might be... Um, some kind of Mexican alcoholic substance aging inside this barrel. Oh, but um, but that is it's got the name on the front, uh, which is Envio Envio uh, Cantina, which Envio in Spanish means the shipment because Mexico ships the party to the world with mezcal, tequila, wine, and beer. Indeed. And uh, so I'm kind of working on this cantina concept, which exists all over Mexico. The hipsters, for lack of better words, um took them over in mexico it used to be like a cd place if you're respectable you wouldn't go to a cantina but now it's become something that's like everybody wants to be there so you come in you sit down the bartender asks you uh you have any allergies or dietary restrictions if you're like nope then they give you the drink menu you pick whatever you want and then every round of drinks you get you get tapas in mexico they're called botanas uh for free and then so every you order another round, you get another botana for free. America, catch up, so, please. Like. So I totally can see a cantina in Orlando's near future. Ooh, so, oh but you know, baby steps, baby steps. Feel that, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> Got to make sure that the that the Mex Taco is taken care of first. It, exactly. So, um, but Mex Taco was the three year project. So hopefully, Envio will not be a three year project. I but, feel uh, that. Um, but I think uh, you know, imagine a little. Rocco's Tacos environment, La Cava yes. from Epcot style margaritas yes. and drinks, and uh, um, with the Cantina concept, like something along those lines. Uh, I'm so excited. Not that I'm stealing from Rocco's or or La Cava because I got I got all of Mexico up in my head. So I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> I no, don't I need think, to take I, from Orlando. <laughs> I think you're I, I think you're pretty good. I, I think yeah. you're pretty good. 
And mm-hmm. dude, I mean, obviously the location for the restaurant too is, I mean, right next to to Sideward too. Like that is, I'm sure that's directing a lot of traffic. Yeah, and definitely like with uh, Milk House coming in next door too. Like that's gonna yes. gonna pop um, as well. Like uh, so, it's it's a cool developing area. I I, I know the guys uh, from Milk House are also working on another another bar concept. Uh, I think in that immediate area as well because they just picked up Whiskey Lou's as part of their. Concept celebrating ah. 50 years this Sunday. Oh, shouts out to Whiskey Lou's, man. <laughs> the, one of the best places you can go to to leave smelling like cigarette smoke and absolutely drunk off your ass. I, I seriously think Whiskey Lou's should have like a motto on their shirts that's like bad life choices. <laughs> like that, that, like, um, because every time I go in there, I make a bad life choice. I'm like, hey, I'm just here for one. Hands down. <laughs> and then you're Hands like, down, <laughs> man. especially when you get the first one, even after the first one, that's still a bad choice. Cause you're like, Oh boy. Yep. That's, that's a heavy pour. Yeah. <laughs> that's a heavy pour. Yeah. So if you make it to number two, then that's just, oof, yeah. The, the night's going a rough way that way. No, definitely. Like, uh, especially you know, for you, if you're, you're the mixer over here, like I, I did mix like a few days ago. Cause we, oh we had a little get together of like owners and stuff. Don't so, you, uh, you know, I was hanging out with pom pom and, everything and uh Shouts to Paul. um <laughs> and so like we were i was mixing not we um but uh we were having some drinks and i was like okay let's you know enjoy this and then let's all go to sideward like like it's right across the street like why not and uh then i was like i was like i gotta show people my tequila barrel um and oh, oh i just boy. said <laughs> i just let the easter egg out um so then uh um then i was like or no, somebody else, not me actually, but I was easily willing to follow. I was, they're like, let's go back to Whiskey Lose. And it's like two Whiskey Lose in one night is not the right decision to make. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely not the, the best decision, yeah. I would say. But, you know, it's definitely going to be a night and a half. That's for sure. And we finished late and we didn't even think let's go to Pom Poms because, you know, when one of the group actually works there, it's not like you're not like let's have some Mex Taco right now. It's like exactly. Yeah. Like, uh. But like, let's, I mean, let's remove every- <laughs> ourselves from what we do in the daytime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, you know, you might see some Mex Taco late night in the future. Ooh, so. buddy! I already told you that it was dangerous for me living so close. <laughs> if you do that, that's not it's not going to be good for me, my friend. Might it'll be like Thursday through Saturday till three a.m. It'll but be uh, good. it'll I be mean. good for you. I can guarantee <laughs> that. It won't be good for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to be standing there at three in the morning. That girl with the purse is probably going to be ninety. If- 90 Dude. customers a night. Dude, no, no, you don't want that. You don't want that girl puking in the corner. Yeah. That's when, like, in our, we're kind of grandfathered in for the kitchen, uh, bathroom in the kitchen. I think I might have to close the bathroom at late night. Like, don't know if I need you walking through the kitchen. I'd say so. Inebriated. Like, it's, I'd say so. For your safety. Yeah. Like, for our safety. Yeah. <laughs> for my cook's safety. Yeah. I was going to say, mainly for the people working, their safety. Yeah. Most definitely. Damn, dude, that sounds uh, that sounds rather rather dope. I'm not gonna lie, you, you've got me excited now for my <laughs> my drunken late nights here, stumbling around the milk district. Yeah. You know that that's what tacos, not what they totally are, but but a lot of my Mexican tacos were uh, were with some really cool late night mariachi songs playing on the speaker and me shaking back and forth. One one time actually, uh, um, so I lived right in front of my hotel where I was working, which could be great because you just roll out of bed go to work and you're right there yeah um kind of like now where i live in the milk district and i work in the milk district so like i i live 15 miles from work in dc and it could take you two hours to get to work um so i4 just so everybody understands i4 is not that bad for traffic like it's not that bad i agree (laughs) go up to dc You'll see what bad traffic is. I agree. <laughs> people make it out to be. I mean, it is bad, but people make it out to be so much worse than it is. Yeah. Man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can't wait for it to be done. But oh yeah, yeah as, as yeah. all of us. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, but um. So one time I was I was out till late in the morning, and I was like, let me uh, let me take some tacos, but I'm gonna get them to go because because I I don't want to sit down and eat them here, and so I'm like carrying these tacos, and uh, um, I get on the bus and I'm riding them the bus all the way back to to the hotel where I, or right in front of the hotel where I lived which is the same stop the employees would be getting off so I get off the bus and it's 4 35 a.m about the time the breakfast crew is getting off the bus too and I got off the bus with like seven cooks so I was the talk of the hotel needless to say that day that 
and they told me to enjoy my tacos and uh they'll see me in a few hours oh, and uh, man. i was like all of a sudden i kind of became extremely sober um <laughs> Not totally. I was like, let me go back and enjoy my tacos. I don't care. But at the same time, you're just like, ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, keep personal life separate from work. Uh, that that didn't happen in that day. Trust so. me. I know that life, dude. So. I definitely know. That may or may not have gotten me fired from Lazy Moon back in the day. <laughs> you know, just going to throw that out there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, uh, I have to say I'm very hyped for this cantina idea, this cantina concept. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So ho- hopefully that'll happen soon. Like, uh, um, you know, all about finding the right spot, right team and everything. So. Let the pieces fall where they may. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And that's what, you know, I'm not super religious, but obviously this, this place kind of fell right in my lap in the right way. Um, you know, when it was supposed to fall in my lap, cause probably if I got it in June, it'd be, you know, almost a year of a struggle through an ugly looking shopping center. And if you've yes. seen it lately, it's looking better but uh, i mean it's only phase one of a multi-step renovation we'll we'll close for a few days when they redo the parking lot and everything but uh um but you know it's starting to look pretty awesome sideward definitely driving a lot of business and everything so so you know perfect time to be getting in into the spots are there are there any things that you may not have said yet that people need to know about mex taco that if if they have not been yet what do they need to know to get them to go um so definitely like just to understand like the type of menu we are like 100 percent authentic a lot of places say they're authentic which actually causes trouble when you're trying to really be authentic because we do not have any ground beef tacos we don't have uh all of our tortillas are flour or i mean corn uh soft corn tortillas uh so no hard shell no flour tortilla um, I saw the April Fool's joke you put the yeah. other day on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And that, that got me, dude, because he put a picture of just hard shell tacos on the Instagram. Yeah, I was like, wait, cheese whiz. I was like, wait, what? What is going on here? And then I realized it was April 1st. I was like, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, uh, you know, we wanted to embrace 100% what the authentic stuff is. We do the Tacos Up Pastor on Saturdays, which is like uh, on a vertical rotisserie. So we do that from 12 to 3. Um, craft beers from all over Florida. Um, and then we also have obviously the Mexican beers. We have a beer actually called a Kawoma. So Kawoma in Mexico is like their version of a 40, um, which actually is like 32 ounces, but, um, used to be kind of cool in Mexico because everyone would talk when the Kawoma prices would go down. They'd be like, you got to go to the OXO or the Seven Eleven because they got a Kawoma special right now. It's only like 10 pesos for like one kawoma. Pretty sure I drank so. one there the other day, actually. <laughs> so I was like, I got to have the kawomas. So it's, uh, you know, little little cultural pieces like we were talking about. like Definitely. That, that rep the food. Um, we do make our own ice cream in-house. So avocado is going away for a little bit, but we're doing uh, ice cream uh, from a fruit called mame. So it's uh, like um, definitely, definitely something I recommend. Trying. Yeah, that's fire so, right there. Very so. <laughs> fire right there. Yeah. Oh, and we're actually at, just out of Micheladas too. So Micheladas are like. Oh, it's over, dude. It is over. <laughs> oh, my God. People at home, if you don't know about the Michelada, especially if it's like an actual authentic Michelada. Yo, <laughs> I, I'm not even going to say anything else. You're yeah. just going to have to go and figure it out for yourself, I think. Yeah, we make it with our own hot sauce, which we do make all of our hot sauces in-house, too. So that's extra bit of flavor for you. So somebody wrote something like the other day, like on Yelp, they're like, like, there's no flavor. And I was like, you didn't put any hot sauce on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's flavor in all the tacos. But if, I mean, like, if you chose not to put hot sauce, like, come on now. Come on. Now. Come <laughs> on, guy. What you doing? What you doing, guy? Well, thank you, man. I want to appreciate, or I'd like to say I appreciate you for coming through and having this little chat with me, especially after working. You know, like, you literally just got done doing what you were doing and came over to have a talk with me. So I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. Definitely. No, it's a lot of fun uh, and glad to be able to represent the Milk District. And, Most definitely. You know, like if be a it, part of the community. If it wasn't a weekday night for me, I would definitely be offering all of the alcohol right now for us <laughs> to for us to be imbibing with. But, you know, I, I am a, I'm an early riser. So yeah. today, not necessarily my day to be drinking. So. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Like uh, another time, though, we live super <laughs> close to each other. Yeah, exactly. Right down the street, actually. So that's what I'm saying. So. That's what I'm saying. So we can do this. We can do this again sometime <laughs> soon. Definitely. Well, maybe when I got a little more, more about Envio going on or something. So 
Oh, so. for, we don't even have to do it on the podcast. We should just meet <laughs> up and just get a, get some drinks, dude. Forget that. Definitely. Forget, forget the podcast. <laughs> Fuck this thing. Uh, last but not least, please let the people know again address of the restaurant and where they can find you on social media. Sure. So it's Mex Taco Restaurant or in Spanish, MX Taco. Um, and we're located at 207 North Bumby Avenue, uh, right in the heart of the Milk District. And we are on social media at restaurant. Max Taco Restaurant on Facebook and Instagram. Yes, yes, so. indeed. Thank you, Ryan, again for coming through. Thank you, thank you. I have to say, I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised with the, the whole conversation. Super dope. Uh, I mean, like like I said, you speak better Spanish than myself, so <laughs> it's a it's a good thing to it's a good thing to see other people going, learning about other cultures, and then bringing it back to our own culture to do it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. No, that's uh, that's the total mission. Like share, share the real thing with everybody here in Orlando, and and you know, hopefully everybody embraces it. In my opinion, you're doing quite well at that. So thank you. Hats <laughs> off to you, sir. You can follow me personally on Twitter at the Steez Trap and on Instagram at the Steez Trap. And with all that good shit aside, we are out for today. Y'all people, go check out Mex Taco in the Melt District because the tacos fire, absolute fire. Like I said definitely spent a good amount of money in there already personally and that's not going to stop anytime soon please go give them some love let them know what's good tag them in their social medias too when you go let them know that you you know you roll through there stop through whatnot and shouts to ryan for being dope as well definitely Thanks. definitely gonna drink some of that tequila soon. <laughs> definitely we'll, we'll, we'll be taste testing as it uh ages yes yeah yeah all right, y'all. Thank you guys for listening at home. Much appreciated as always. Much peace and love.